Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to a cask-aged wrestling. And this is where the Whiskey and Wrestling crew... Myself and Jason. Yep. We talk about some of the old shows. And we had a request a while back. And sorry, Nick, it's taken us a while to get to it. Uh, if you're but, still a listener and you've been following along, we, we've missed a few weeks. Hopefully hopefully you are still a listener. And uh, the, we, we finally got to you. Coming to you live on January 21st, 1990, out of Orlando, Florida, we have the third annual... Royal Rumble event to an attendance of 16,000 people. Wow. So big. So big. Which you can really see in the arena that they're in. The, the stairs are wide. Like yeah. you look at arenas the, these days and, and they've all been modified and stuff. The, the stairs like maybe big enough for one, two people to squeeze by each other. No, these, you look like you could march an army up the, the stairs between these seats. Yeah, it so. was. It was a uh, it was a different time. It was. Uh, this was an a low for professional wrestling. Yep. Um, at the beginning of a low, it was following well, up the high of the eighties, and it, this, it had dipped a little bit. This was the beginning of the new generation, mm. or it, it, it's it's the starting bit of the new generation, I guess is how to put that. It's in the in the era before the Attitude Era, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. Like Mike said, it's where wrestling was kind of falling out of favor. The, 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 the super hero baby faces and the dastardly villains were, were kind of falling away. Uh, Vince was trying something new during this time period where everybody had to have a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is the era when uh, Repo Man showed up, mm-hmm. you know, who was a, a, a he, he was a Repo Man. Who just wrestled? Did, didn't Undertaker happen later this year? Undertaker happened in ninety one. Was it ninety one? But even still, even though he's the dead man, even though he's the dead man, he's the Undertaker. Like, so yeah, it it, it was weird. Um, as far as this match, another thing that's one of those like stands out compared to modern pay per views. There were six matches on this card. Yeah, that was it. And we're talking like maybe a two-hour show. Yeah. Uh, not the four-hour, you know, three, four-hour shows that we see nowadays. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, let's, should we get into the show? Um, sure. I guess, actually, we should talk about the whiskey that we're drinking. Uh, yeah, we probably should do Which that Which is not a cask-aged whiskey, but it is a, a whiskey. This is Pendleton whiskey. Mm-hmm. This is... Um, a Canadian whiskey and it, it is uh, distilled from the finest northern grain sure it is cut with glacier fed spring water oh and is a true western tradition this is some, this is some water boy stuff then huh <laughs> exactly uh, bottled by Hood River Distillers this has an alcohol uh, 40% alcohol by volume 80 proof uh, apparently, it has exceptionally rich, exceptionally rich taste, 
and an uncommonly smooth finish. We'll uh, be the judge of now, that. I I will say that my wife bought this for us. So so this is the best whiskey in the world. Caitlin, please turn off the radio for the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how it tastes. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. It's a good mixer. Yeah. I'm almost getting like a medicine taste at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, I'm, mm. I'm not going to drink that straight at all. No. Um, that is definitely something that goes in with a Coke. Mm. or some such as that. No, you know what we're putting in Coke. Mm. Some of that uh, shanky. Uh, the shanky's whip. <laughs> the shanky's whip. Yeah. No, um, yeah, you can mix that. That's, a, like that's I say, a good mixing whiskey. It's It's got a, to me, I'm getting a very strong. It's got a very. Cough syrup yeah. flavor. Like, it, when it's you first. It's got a very medicine aftertaste. You're yeah, the aftertaste right. is very cough syrupy, but Sure. Uh, we still appreciate uh, Caitlin for picking that up for us. Yeah. Thank you. So, if we if we want to jump into it before we get in a little bit, we want there is a little bit of history to this rumble, right? So last year's rumble, not the '89 rumble, mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase had uh, kind of paid off to get a, a very late entry. Mm-hmm. So one of the stories bubbling around this was. Can't have Ted DiBiase cheating with all of his money. <laughs> so there was a lot of extra security involved with who drew what, when, you know, that kind of thing. And DiBiase ended up drawing number one yep. this year. And Mr. Perfect was number 30. Do you want so, to talk about the matches before the Rumble? Yeah, for sure. So we did have a dark match here mm-hmm. uh, because, they, of course, this was the days they didn't have pre-shows. But they yep. did have dark matches where Paul Roma beat the Brooklyn Brooklyn Brawler. So, oh, the Brooklyn Brawler lost? Yeah. The, what a surprise. The, the, again, this is also <laughs> in the era of where your jobbers, there were certain jobbers who had names. Yeah. And they lost. Jobbers that, that carried around everywhere. You had, like, the Brooklyn Brawler. You had, I think, Bastion Booger was one. Uh, these guys just came out to lose. Yeah. And they got cheered for it. Yeah. <laughs> they never won. So they're not even like jobbers to the stars here. No. These guys never won. Yeah. They were just solid in-ring guys it, who could. Yeah. They just didn't know. use local enhancement talent back yeah. in these days. Um, I think the first match on the actual card was a tag team match. It was. Uh, it was the Bushwhackers versus the Fabulous Rougeos. Yep. Which. At this time, the Fabulous Rougeos, which I believe are Canadian. Yeah. They were the All-American boys. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, sure. So, yeah, that was happening. Uh, I, Yeah, I believe, did they, um, did the Rougeos, yeah, they had they had Jimmy Hart as their manager. Yep. Uh, and he was Colonel Jimmy Hart at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And the Rougeos ended up winning. Did the, no, um, Butch won. Did he? The Brooklyn Ballers. Butch, Butch pinned uh, yeah, he did. Jacques. 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 That, Ameri- <laughs> that, that American name, Jacques. Jacques. Uh, yeah, so Butch Butch pins Jacques to get the win for the uh, for the Bushwhackers. Yep. And the second match is 
Brutus, the barber beefcake. The booty man himself. Um, versus the genius, uh, which is Lanny Poffo. Yes. Uh, Randy Savage's brother. Randy Savage's brother. And in this match, <laughs> Beefcake gets the upper hand after a little while. Mm-hmm. Kind of basically knocks out the genius and yep. actually cuts his hair. Yes. Uh, and he didn't like cut the back of the hair or the side or a couple strands. He grabs the front of this man's head and right at the scalp is cutting just above the hairline. Yeah. Like there's n- <laughs> uh, the match ends in a double DQ. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, Mr. Perfect got involved. Yeah. He comes out, he attacks uh, Beefcake. They were they were having a bit of a feud going on at the time. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and Perfect nails Beefcake in the stomach with a chair. I'm not going to say a steel chair. Of course, the, the, the frame right. of the chair was steel, but there was all of this padding. Yeah. So they didn't hit it over the back. He just slammed it into his stomach. We have a submission match between Ronnie Garvin and Greg Valentine. This one actually had quite a bit of back and forth. Uh, you have Jimmy Hart coming back out yep. for this match. Ronnie Garvin, uh, it has a pad on his leg so that when <laughs> when Valentine puts him in the figure four. Which was Valentine's submission move. Submission move, yeah. yeah. It puts him in the figure four. It does nothing. Yeah. Because he has this pad on his leg. Yeah, that keeps it from getting hurt. Uh, yeah, it's protecting it, his knee. Valentine had one as well, mm-hmm. which would protect him from the reverse figure four, yeah. which was Garvin's finisher. Because we all know mm-hmm. that if you reverse the figure four... No, or, no, like this was not just a rollover figure oh, four. okay. No, they called it a reverse figure four. It looked more like a... Uh, the uh, hammer jammer. Yeah, that's what they called it. Yeah. Uh, it, but it looked more like a um, uh, Texas Cloverleaf or a Scorpion Deathlock or, you know, a Sharpshooter. That's what it looked like. Look, y'all. And, <laughs> wrestling in the 90s was weird. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Valentine lays out Garvin. Mm-hmm. And Garvin's laying over at the edge. Jimmy Hart pulls off that pad. Then later in the match, somehow Garvin got the pad off of Valentine's leg and then puts him into what they, like I said, what they called the reverse figure four. <laughs> and he taps. Jesus. Oh, uh, I, I didn't mention our announced team for this, for this show is Tony Siobhan mm-hmm. and Jesse the Body and Ventura. Um, so you got that going on. Jesse screaming that Valentine was shaking his head no that he did not submit while the ref was calling for the bell. Of course. Because Jesse was one of the best heel commentators. He was he was a I think he was a better face one, but he was a great heel. Yeah. Uh the fourth match that came up was Jim Duggan versus Big Boss Man. So uh I just want to stop right here and say nothing screams the nineties more. <laughs> Than these two wrestling, yeah, because uh, Big Boss Man to me, Big Boss Man was always that, like he was the '90s wrestling icon, Paul Trailer. 
Um, he was in some of the worst matches and angles uh, uh, in the history of WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in the, the kennel match where the dogs did nothing but uh, shit on the floor. <laughs> uh, he was involved with, later on, he was involved with Big Show, yeah. where he stole Big Show's dad's coffin. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was Big Boss Man. Uh, this match ended in a disqualification after the ref saw Boss Man use a nightstick. Yeah. Um, so, so. so Duggan was declared your winner. Oh! Yeah. Um, and then we move into the main event. Yeah, because again, like, like we said, there were only six matches. These were uh, very quick matches. Um, the, the The shows didn't last super long. And it is a rumble, so let's be real here. The rumble takes a while. Uh, back in the 90s, they also didn't do... I mean, it was still the 92nd to come in. Yeah. But they were a little more uh, cognizant of that 90 seconds. Yeah. It was uh, closer to actually being 90 seconds. As opposed to nowadays where it, it could be two minutes, it could be 20 seconds. Yeah. Just whatever feels right is what they do now. Um, so we'll go through and we'll talk about all the entrances as they came in. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll talk about who sent who out, but yeah. uh, we'll talk about who came in. So, of course, we you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Ted DiBiase was the number one entrant. Yep. And Coco Beware Birdman. was number two. Uh, Ted very quickly eliminated Coco. And that you're that's uh, that's a thing that happened for a little while at the start of this match. Mm-hmm. Ted would eliminate his opponent before the next one got in the ring. Yep. So we had Ted, Coco Beware, Marty Jannetty, and then Jake Roberts comes out. Yep. And this is where things pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randy Savage then comes out, followed by Roddy Piper, the Warlord. Brett Hart, who at the time was the Hitman Brett Hart, yeah. not Brett the Hitman Hart. No, right. the Hitman Brett Hart. Well, this was still back in the day when he was a tag team wrestler. Yeah, I mean, it was Hart Foundation. So, you have Bad News Brown, Dusty Rhodes, Andre the Giant, the Red Rooster, oh Terry Taylor, <laughs> Axe, Haku, Smash. Akeem, the African dream. Yeah, yeah. So another thing about <laughs> WWE in the 90s, uh, they were tone deaf. So for those of you who may not know who Akeem, the African dream is, you might recognize him better by the other name he wrestled under, the One Man Gang. Yes, a very, very, a very, very large, very large yes. <laughs> uh Jimmy Snuka. Dino Bravo. This is the, my favorite. This is my favorite one. The Canadian Earthquake, which was just now, sir, Earthquake. What what makes uh, the Canadian John Tenta different than John Tenta? Please please regale us, because we've already had two Canadians earlier that were the that were the All Americans, right? So so now we've got we got we got Earthquake. He's Canadian, so on, on so the front, different? on on the front of his his wrestle gear was a tiny Canadian flag. That's amazing. The Canadian the earthquake, Canadian everyone. Earthquake. <laughs> um, you have Jim Neidhart, the Ultimate Warrior, Rick Martel, Tino Santana, 
the Honky Tonk Man, and then starting at 25, mm-hmm. we have Hulk Hogan, 26, Shawn Michaels, 27, The Barbarian, 28, Rick Rude, 29, Hercules, and 30, Mr. Perfect. Yeah, because Mr. Perfect had drawn 30. Mm-hmm. Um, this was supposed to be, you know, the, the lead up to all this was Mr. Perfect talking about how he was going to win the, win the Rumble. It was going to be his crowning moment. Like, they were setting up Perfect to to be the next star yeah. through the 90s, right? There were a lot of things going on backstage with with Perfect, but you know this this was supposed to be his moment, right? Like yeah. that's that's what all the storyline around it was. This was going to be his moment. So, anyways, Hulk Hogan wins the Rumble. Right. Um, <laughs> the last two were Hogan and Perfect. Yeah, and I, I will say it was kind of I've become so used to the modern Rumble mm-hmm. that. A very quick, almost out of nowhere, Hogan just tossed Perfect out of the ring. Yeah, he basically, uh, Perfect hits him with a Perfect Plex, which Hogan hulks up through. You know, he pops up and does his, you. Yeah. And then throws him into the corner, hits him a few times, throws him over the rope. It, It just was very much of the era. I should have been, should not have been surprised by it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it just kind of, came out of nowhere for me because there wasn't that hang on to the side of the, the rope or hang on, you know, stand on the side of the ring. There were a lot of times in this match that people were just eliminated. Yeah. Um, DiBiase set a longevity record here. He beat mm. perfect's record from the previous one at 44 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, and this was also the first time we see somebody who had already been eliminated eliminate somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad News Brown threw out Roddy Piper after he had already been thrown out. Yep. So, and they brawled to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake the Snake Roberts, of course, came down to the ring with his snake, yep. and and I, this part stood out to me, uh, especially this would never happen nowadays. Mm-hmm. But. Um, he came out with his snake. His snake stayed in the bag the whole time. There was a live snake in the bag because you could see it moving around and lifting its head up and all of this, probably freaking out of what's all this noise and then what's this bouncing underneath me. They left it on the side of the ring, in the corner of the ring, the entire time that Jake was in the match. Yep. Uh like I said, that would never happen now. And that just stood out to me as something that, that's different between now and in the past. I, I enjoyed the show. It, was, it, it wasn't bad, right? It's, it's of its time. There's nothing here that... This, this is not one of my favorite eras or my favorite times right. in, in wrestling. A lot of these guys are guys that I'm aware of, but I don't really have a whole lot of, oh, I need to go back and, and watch this Hercules match. This was this was also before the era of the winner of the Rumble gets to pick what champion they want to fight at, at uh, Mania. Mm-hmm. Hogan ends up winning the belt between this one and Mania. It's also in the 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 four long the, the long ago days of the big four, mm-hmm. right? There there weren't pay per views really between Rumble and Mania. 
this is the the rumble that led up to Hogan versus Warrior. Yeah. In the Intercontinental Champion versus WWE champ, WWF Champion, and a winner take all, which every Warrior single one, yeah, every single one of these guys was gassed to the gills. Oh yeah, on steroids. Yes, and absolutely. You could see just how bloated they were. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand when we say that they're bloated, go look at a picture of Hulk Hogan in the eighties or the very early nineties. And then go look at a picture of Hogan as he's debuting in WCW. Yeah. And put them side by side. He looks like a completely different person. Mm -hmm. So how anybody actually believed Hogan wasn't on steroids. Right. I don't get it. How they they didn't believe any. Of these people <laughs> weren't on steroids, except like Bret Hart and maybe Mr. Perfect. Yeah, you know, and, there were a couple guys. There were a couple guys that you could tell they either had very good steroid regimens mm-hmm. that were ahead of their time. Yep. Or they just weren't on steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is where you start getting the smoke of the steroid trials that mm-hmm. come up in the middle in the mid nineties. What was that, ninety two, ninety four, somewhere in there? Three or ninety four, I think. Um is when that really started the ball really started rolling. It's when WWE had to officially admit that wrestling was scripted. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the, this is, if you want to call it that, this is pushing towards the end of the era of quote unquote real wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, this is during that time when heel wrestlers were never seen with face wrestlers. Yeah. Even if they were buddies backstage, they did not ride together. They did Didn't not stay travel. at the hotel. Yeah. They did not eat the same restaurants. You know, they did not get close to each other, except in the backstage where people couldn't see them. Yeah. You know, this is in that time when, you know, people got, you know, people, uh, fans legit thought, you know, people are getting hurt. People are getting yeah. beat up, you know. This is still in that era until, yeah. you know, a few years later when they have to admit, nah, it's kind of fake because they were quickly losing this, places that they could actually wrestle. This is at the beginning of the slide of professional wrestling down to what it was in 95, 96, yeah. just before, uh, before the WCW really blew off. up and the Attitude Era then kicked off. This was the dark. This was the dark days of wrestling, is yeah. really what it was. You know, we mentioned several names on there. Some of them are, you know, you they're definitely legends. Yeah. You know, there are some names that we mentioned that are like, oh yeah, I remember that guy, but nah, there ain't a legend. And there are some names on there that it's just like, who? Yeah. You know, if I was twenty years younger, there are people there that you would have absolutely no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we do is because we were kids watching it on Saturday morning during well, this time. And, and you know, we we are wrestling nerds. Yeah. That, you know, we enjoy this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. but my kid's not going to know who Dino Bravo is. No, you know? Not at all. You know, he, she, they're, they're just not. And it, fair enough. But we know who he was. We know what he did. Yeah, but we were also kids when that was going on. Yeah. Right? So the, this this is the era of the legends of the 80s mm-hmm. 
we're still very much entrenched at the top of the card. Yeah. And the new people coming up were just not great. You know, in in here you have uh, Andre the Giant, Mm -hmm. and this was towards the very latter end of his career. Um, I'm looking up right now, when was Andre's last match? Um, But... The, it it wasn't very much long after this. It wasn't, you know, and and the, you know the thing is, as uh, as macabre as it may be, you know, going down this list and looking at at people that are on it, there are a lot of dead people on this list, <laughs> and a and we're lot only of talking them, thirty years ago. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there there's a lot of. There's a lot of people here that just aren't with us anymore in in the world of wrestling. And so within within two years of the royal this Royal Rumble, Andre the Giant would retire. Mm-hmm. And um, when did he die? It was early '90s as well. You know, I think the the other thing there is you know talking about the ones that are dead. Uh, that can be quickly tied back to all the steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Andre didn't die of steroids. No, uh, neither did Randy Savage. He got, he got in a car wreck, right? But some of these people are definitely either linked with or, you know, and whether it's steroids, let me rephrase that. Let me not say steroids. Let me say drugs as a whole. This is, this is also the time frame of how much cocaine does a city have? Because we need it at this arena. (laughs) Yeah. So, Andre died January 28th, 1993. Yes, so three years after this. Three years after this match, Andre was dead. Within a year or two, he was showing up on those those crutches. Yep. Um, Apparently, he had his last match in All Japan in December of 1992. Yep. So, well, I mean, you know, like... This was that time he showed up in tag matches. He stood on the ring apron. He never actually tagged into the ring... And he yeah. just gave whoever came close to him the big Paul SWAT, mm. and that that was the extent of his involvement because he couldn't move anymore. Right. This was the the dying grasp of the '80s wrestling stars, like, and this was the rust, beginning of the rise of your Bret Hart's, your Shawn Michaels. At the beginning yeah. of the show, Vince McMahon read off who would be appearing in the. Royal Rumble match. Not everybody, but sure. You know, he did a featuring and mm-hmm. names that he listed were Bret Hart. They were Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Guys that weren't at the top of the card yet. Shawn wouldn't rise to the top of the card for he another. He's still a rocker. You know, yeah. Him and Marty Jannetty were still yeah, the rockers. They were still the rockers. Point. You had the Hart Foundation was still going on. They hadn't been there, but they were the rising stars. Mm-hmm. And you could see where it was going to go from here. So, so yeah, that's the rumble. Um, go go out and check it out. Like, go back and watch some of these old shows, like, and see how much wrestling has changed. Yeah, but also how much it hasn't. Like, like I'll say this right: the Royal Rumble is my favorite gimmick match, hands down. Nothing compares even close to it. So, you know, watching this one, yeah, this was the third one. So it's not like it was the first one. It wasn't the revolutionary, hey, look at this new thing. 
But this was the one where they really kind of started to get their feet under mm-hmm. themselves as to what is a rumble going to be. Yeah. Now, granted, yeah, in the past 30 years, there's been a lot of changes. There's been a lot of adjustments. There's been, you know, they, they, the winner gets to choose who they fight. Uh, they did a 40-man rumble one year. Yeah. You know? We've yeah. added women's rumbles uh, now. And so the, the rumble as a whole has changed a lot. But the basic premise of people are going to come down at a certain interval and you get thrown over the top is how you get eliminated. Mm-hmm. That's simple. It's just very, very simple. Yep. It's easy to grasp. It's easy. You could take somebody who doesn't watch wrestling and sit them down on the couch and say, hey, we're going to watch a Royal Rumble match. And I promise you that during that match, they're going to be excited about what's going on. Because you don't need to know who's who. Yeah. You don't need to know the massive storylines behind the matches. You just need to know that there are dudes in there throwing other dudes over top ropes. To, to give you a, an anecdote about that, uh, was over hanging out at a mutual friend's house a while back after one of the early Saudi shows, and it was the greatest Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I turned that on the television, and people that you and I are both friends with who don't follow wrestling... They all sat down and were like, oh, yeah, I remember watching this stuff when I was younger. And four, five, six of us, most of who don't watch wrestling, sat back and watched a wrestling show. Yeah. It is it is a great match the, to have fun and, and relax and enjoy a good time. The other thing with a Rumble, this was several years ago. I got together with some people, a couple of friends that are that are into wrestling and several acquaintances that aren't. And we went and watched one of the rumbles and like now there's very little surprise. Yeah. You know, they want to capitalize on who's coming in for the most part. We made a game out of it, right? Like yeah. we, we, uh, I don't want to say the word gambled, but <laughs> we, we picked positions, right? Okay. What number is going to win? Okay. Right. One to 30. And you put your name down on the number. And then here we go. And it kind of gave like these people that had never watched wrestling. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick number 17. And Santino Morella comes out at 17. And they're like, that's my boy. That's my dude. And he (laughs) hops in the ring and immediately gets knocked over. And it's like, well, that was my dude. (laughs) I think Santino still holds the record for the shortest. Uh the, the shortest <laughs> time in the rumble. Right. So, cause he, he literally that one time in and immediately, back immediately out. back out. Thank you, Kane. So, but yeah, it was, but these people, some of these people that were the show or, or they're watching it had never seen wrestling mm-hmm. and no idea who these people were, but by just picking a number, all of a sudden now they have a wrestler. Yeah. You know, and it became that a couple of them came up afterwards to several of us who were wrestling fans and were like, so tell me about this dude. You know, because yeah. he, he did good in the Rumble, and he was my number, so I want to know a little more about him. Or, what's going on with this guy? Why did he suck so bad? Yeah. You know? What what was that? What happened there? Why did the crowd lose their mind when the gong hit? Right. Or, you know, whatever happened. So it's it a great fans. Yeah. It's a great entry match. Mm-hmm. Any, pick a Rumble. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not mm. the first one. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they were really working the bugs out on that Oh, one. yeah. But, but I mean, you, and maybe you not go, to, go quite so far back. But. Go, two, what was it, 2004, I think? 2004, 2005, 
Maybe it was 05, the Rumble in 05, where Batista and Cena had their yeah, spot. Yeah, you could do that one. You could do... That's a great one right there to see. One 99-2000, you know, something like that. You know, you could pick a, an Attitude Era Rumble, or you could yeah. pick a, you know, like you said, where, where Cena and Batista, where it was the both of them hit at the same time. Maybe give them a warning about a, a certain wrestler who... Uh, did did some stuff. Yeah. Um, I really like but, that dude. He's awesome. Where can I find him? Uh, uh, well. Hell. <laughs> yeah. Hell. Uh, so. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, just the Royal <laughs> Rumble is a fun show to watch. It is. It Hands always down. has been. And it like, always has been. Even bad Rumbles are the are fun. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't see that about any other pay-per-view, Mm-mm. or any other gimmick gimmick match. Bad cages are bad. Bad cages are bad. You know, bad, bad hardcore matches are bad. Bad elimination chambers. And elimination chambers, excuse me, elimination chambers, one of my favorite gimmicks. Yeah, but the bad but ones the are bad. the bad ones are bad. Even you know? bad rumbles are entertaining to watch because there's just so much going on that you're going to see at least one or two things that, that'll make you pop. Do you want to see a tall man trip and almost kill himself while sliding underneath the ring? Titus will slide. <laughs> you know, check out Titus doing that on his thing. Yep. Like, there's generally in every match, mm-hmm. there's something that stands out. There's There yeah. are those standout moments, even as much as, like, we do not like the guy. Yeah. As a person with Logan Paul, mm-hmm. it's hard to ignore the spot that him and Ricochet did. Yeah. Just the athleticism of that spot yeah. from somebody who's not a wrestler. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I can give Logan Paul the credit for being a, a great athlete because he is. Yeah. He's Terrible not human. a good human. He's a bad person. He sh- I don't enjoy seeing him on my TV. But like you said, the spot was kind of spot, spot was, cool. was very cool. And they used that to establish a story later on. Yep. So, but. Anyway, I think we've said all we can. This what one, would you give it? Um, I would give it a Bret Hart heel turn in WCW uh, out of ten. There were there were moments of brilliance, <laughs> but overall, skip it and watch a different Rumble. I think I got Michael. I don't even know how I top that. I I I, I give it a Star Wars prequel out of the uh, the the sequels. I it's got to be out of ten. It's got to be out of ten. Oh, I don't. I I. I this one wasn't one of my favorites. I'm probably going to put it at a five or a six out of 10. Yeah. It, it, nothing wrong with the show. It's just not one that I'm going to go back to. Nothing wrong with the show, but also nothing really right with the show. Yeah. Uh, Hogan winning was very, very safe. I, and as soon as Hogan was in the ring and he was one of the later entrants, what I say? He was 25. 25. He was 25. And then as soon as the people left in the ring consisted of Hogan, Mr. Perfect, 
Hercules the Barbarian. Right. Uh, it's like you know, you, you know it's, it's Hogan. And unless they were going to pull a surprise, and I, I think they, if they had pulled the surprise here, if they had pulled the trigger on perfect winning, they should have pulled the trigger. You on have an entirely different viewpoint on this rumble. This is not a rumble I think about. And, and, and Nick, man, if this is your favorite rumble, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We're kind of shitting on it, but this is not a rumble that I'm going to go back to. But if you told me that Mr. Perfect eliminated Hulk Hogan in this rumble, this is one that's going to be a story yeah. rumble. Like this is a this is a star making moment for Perfect. Perfect yeah. was already don't get me wrong. Perfect was already a star. Yeah. This is a I guess I should say this is a superstar making moment. Absolutely. For if he beats Hogan, and then goes on to do his thing because yeah. Hogan Hogan and Warrior could still have their thing, um, you know. But you've created Perfect at this point. Yeah. Uh, now I mean, and, and I and I you know I wonder sometimes if Vince feels like maybe they should have done that. Because, like we talked about, it wasn't much longer before all of a sudden everybody's in the hot seat about steroids and about all of this kind of stuff. Well, everybody's in the hot seat on steroids. Hogan was within a year or two of leaving, mm-hmm. uh, yep. maybe three. You know, he was he was gone pretty soon after this. Yep. Ultimate Warrior, Warrior was, was gone later this year. Yeah. You have. Uh, Akeem, the African dream god. You can't even say it without laughing. It's so ridiculous. How did that? How was that even a thing? Because Vince. Yes, uh, but he was gone later that year. Yeah, uh, you know. So a lot of these big guys were gone. John Tenta mm-hmm. is gone. He goes to WCW yep. within a few years of this Rumble. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these things. We're gone, mm-hmm. and this is, uh, and that's why I keep going back. I don't know the exact date that eighties wrestling died, but this isn't one of the death of eighties wrestling. Yeah, it's it's really close. Um, it, this is that last gasp. This is that, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta start putting eighties wrestling on the ventilator at this yeah. point because it is dead. You, you've got Ted DiBiase put on an amazing performance to yeah. start this out. Uh, just throwing people out, dominating the ring for the first little bit until you got bigger names in there. The Roddy Pipers, the Jake, the snake Roberts, the macho King. Cause this was the macho King yeah. and Vince then puts macho man on the shelf shortly yeah. after this within a couple of years. Yep. Puts him, wants him to be a commentator. So it's just a very interesting snapshot. But I can't give it more than a six out of ten. Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I don't. There, I don't think it's possible. There, there was some great, you know, bits it, and pieces, and some great performances, and made me remember why I, some of these guys are legends. I could see this. I could see somebody giving this higher if it was like that. The only, well, let me rephrase that. The only way I could see somebody giving this higher than about a five or a six out of ten is, is this the show that your dad took you to? Yeah, and it was your first live wrestling show, or. Is this the one that, you know, was the first one that your mom and dad let you order on pay-per-view and you got to stay up late and you got to have your friends over and you ordered pizza and you got to kick back in the living room with the weird console television and watch 
paper and watched a Royal Rumble. You know, with you, your you forgot to mention that you you yeah were the remote control for that right. television. So. Like, like, I could definitely see if this has a nostalgia hit for you. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Knock Maybe, yourselves out. Yeah. There are there are wrestling shows that I would give, you know, an eight or a nine out of just because I remember watching it with my dad, yeah. right? From this having no uh, nostalgic hit for me, mm-hmm. yeah, five or six. Eh, there you go. Four. With all of that being said, I think that I don't think there's anything else we can say about really this. Didn't. So... Big shout out, big thank you to McNarm Gaming here in Goshen, Mississippi. It is the holiday season. Yep. Come out, At check least them we're out. Recording this, we're not yeah. sure when this is going to come out, but right now it's a holiday season. <laughs> no, it's it's going to come out soon. Okay. So, uh, this is the holiday season. Go out, check it out, check them out. They've got a bunch of board games, guys. Board games make a great gift for your friends and family who are gamers. They're also a great way for you and your family to sit down and spend some time together and not talk politics. Just don't punch grandma if she lands on free park. <laughs> so, um, you know. You know, also, hit Big Dog Liquor. Mm-hmm. You know, grab yourself a bottle of something so that you don't hit grandma if she lands on free parking because you're you're chill because you've had a few drinks. <laughs> um, you know, go over there, grab something. They're going to have their uh, uh, eggnog, mm-hmm. like they always do every year, will be sold, the Evan Williams branded one. Yep. It sells fast, so... You know, grab it if you can. If you're an eggnog person, you won't be disappointed. Yep. Check out our friends. Now that you've done listening to us, mm-hmm. head on over and check out our friends over at Travelers on the Omnibus. They are a field trip through nerd and pop culture. So yes. give them a listen. They got a lot of great stuff going on over there. They have always do top five lists. They have deep dives into different topics. They're going to try to sell you on some of the things that they're fans of. And hey, from time to time, you may hear us on there. Absolutely. Um, also, give uh, Jody, who's one of the travelers, a listen. He has Fearology, which is a his relationship with horror movies. And also, if movies are just your big thing, Silence Your Cell Phones is also, they're friends of ours as well. Absolutely. They just talk about movies, bingeable TV shows on Netflix. So, give all that a listen. Hopefully, you enjoyed our, our little bit of rundown on, on the 90... 1990 Royal Rumble. If you didn't, uh, I'd give you your money back, but you didn't pay anything for it. There you go. Um, and stay tuned. See what else we do in the cask reviews. Yep. So, yeah, you know, we've got some, tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like we did this because Nick reached out to us on Facebook mm-hmm. and said, Hey, I want you guys to do this. And we were like, cool, we'll, yeah, we'll get to it. Absolutely. And, and we finally got to it. So awesome. You know, we, we've got some ideas of shows that we want to do specific ones that are historic. milestones, historic. We've got ones that maybe we just want to do because we have that memory of us sitting there. Yeah, I mean, with, we got it agreed. Like you know, it was a, you know, it was a milestone for WCW. So anyway, but with all that said, with all that said, cheers, cheers.